Welcome back to the Goblin Gully of exclusivity and privilege. Episode 43. The Goblin Gully of Exclusivity and Privilege. The Goblin Gully of Exclusivity and Privilege was at one point in time a part of the River of No Return. A small tendril of the river that dried during the Age of Gloom. The serrated, jagged terrain kinks back and forth, one blind spot after another. If one is not a goblin, as Hazel and Wooden Wolf are not, then navigating the gully is a continuous ramp of anxiety. The high banks on either side make for lots of echoes, and it's difficult to tell if the Argle Bargle is coming from Slurp or some goblin just around the corner. After they've been walking for the better part of an hour, Wooden Wolf's patience begins to wane. How much further? My memory is muddled up like a wad of phlegm. Probably from that thrashing you put on my head. As if a goblin's head is sensitive to anything. Only your heart is less sensitive. Maybe a sip of that dust will sharpen my mind's eye. It might. But you won't know, since you won't be getting any until you make good on our agreement. The goblin's thirst for dust intensifies. Hazel can hear the scraping of his teeth and the growl of his guts in between the argles and the bargles. Certainly, Slurp isn't going to become any more pleasant to be around. We're about 1,000 Grampus giant paces away. Not too far, then. One thousand Grampus giant paces, as the albatross flies, that is. With all these switchbacks, that's more like a million Grampus giant paces. Oh, are you tired, Gulch Mouse? Are your nimble little legs not cut out for the privilege and exclusivity of goblinhood? At first, Hazel ignores him, which is all too easy since he's just a goblin. But then Slurp's goblin nastiness breaches new territory. I would think a child of your kind should get through this passage with ease. (laughs) And what kind is that? Let her be, Slurp. Slurp's lips twist into a crooked smile. The goat kind, of course. The child of a couple of goats should have no problem getting along in the gully. Hazel clenches her jaw, trying to make sense of Slurp's insults. Slurp senses the confusion and knows he can likely prod Hazel into weeping with a little more nastiness. The little goat's mouse didn't know she's not a mouse at all, but a stinking bearded goat like her parents. Wooden Wolf slaps Slurp, (laughs) who merely laughs it off and keeps on with the nastiness. Come on, kitty, let's hear you bleat. Bleat for us. Come on, bleat. Wooden Wolf slaps Slurp again, harder this time. (laughs) Enough to make most any creature think twice about what's been done to receive such a wallop. Slurp, though, doesn't think twice, as his only thought is to continue prodding Hazel. (laughs) How much cud do you figure your parents have chewed through today, eh, Hazel Peach? (laughs) Wolf clutches Slurp by the throat, the goblin's eyes bulging, veins darkening, vocal cords screeching beneath the pressure of the old warrior's flexed oak barrel arms. Wolf, no! Any sadness she feels about her parents has been dashed away replaced by an urgent need to help Wooden Wolf get a hold of himself. And it's made even more difficult when the other goblins appear. 
A half dozen of them pounce on Wolf, clawing and biting at him. They've come seemingly from the shadows, as if they've been trolling all along, which they have, waiting for their opportunity. They rush toward the melee, driven by Slurp's meanness toward Hazel and her parents. Nastiness, like anything, has energy, and nobody is as sensitive to nasty energy as goblins. Although their collective nastiness is strong, Wolf's fury and resolve is much more. He may be old and hobbled, but he's not wanting for combat skill. He moves quickly, but never rushes, and when he punches, he never punches a goblin. He punches through a goblin. With each blow, Hazel can see the bones of the goblins moving beneath their skin, breaking and cracking and rearranging. Wolf's punches are not the kind that can be walked off, especially not by a pathetic rabble like this. Of these six goblins, Wooden Wolf tosses two into the darkness. Hazel never hears them land. He uses one's tongue to bind and gag the two others. It's been unknown until this battle how pliable a goblin's tongue can be, and actually goblin tongues will become a financial windfall for a few entrepreneurial types a few seasons after this. And the last goblin, Wolf stomps into the dry rock and of the gully. Only a close listener can hear the muffled cries of the buried goblins argle bargle. This, of course, leaves Slurp. So entrenched is Slurp in his nasty convictions, he continues to spit his nastiness at Hazel. <laughs> so, how long do you suppose your nanny mother's been? <laughs> how much goat milk? <laughs> the look in Wooden Wolf's eyes darken, and he's no doubt heading toward a pinnacle of madness. Hazel fears she won't be able to stop him, and if Wolf pounds Slurp into oblivion, they won't have a guide into the catacombs. Wooden Wolf takes hold of Slurp's head and begins twisting it once, twice, three times. A full rotation each twist. Apparently, the whole body of a goblin is pliable. It's a peculiar sight to see, a head twisted the way Slurp's is being twisted. Still, the nastiness doesn't cease. Do they bleat out lullabies to you each night? And this is when Wooden Wolf winds up for the death blow. He brandishes the cudgel and reaches back, his hips twisting, knuckles swelling, eyes going vacant, a flesh and blood cannon with the fuse lit. Hazel can see that Wooden Wolf has lost all senses, given over entirely to anger. It's the manifestation of ways she feels when thinking about her parents, how she's been left behind after their vanishing. Left unchecked, it's the kind of anger that can destroy, which is exactly Wooden Wolf's intentions. His hips crank, his weight shifts, and his cudgel-armed hand ignites toward Slurp's twisted little head, a walloping whack that's certain to liberate goblin head from goblin body. All the while, Hazel screams, begs, pleads, and implores Wolf not to pulverize the only hope they have of getting to the catacombs. The old warrior hears nothing, though. Nothing but that sharp tone that heats the ears when the angriest of angers consumes someone. To be clear, Wolf does not strike Slurp. At least not in this moment, with all of the fury that would certainly send this nasty little goblin to the realm of the lost and the forgotten. No, Hazel does stop him. She recognizes that Wolf's desire to punch Slurp's head off is not really a desire to punch Slurp's head off. No, it's just one of those things that people do when they can't stand it anymore. And it isn't Hazel's screaming or her begging or her pleading that stops Wolf. 
nor is it any courageous act like jumping in front of Wolf's death blow, or blocking the death blow, or having any physical effect on the intended trajectory of the death blow whatsoever. No, all she does is remind the grizzled warrior of his own wisdom. Dead weight! Wolf's clenched fist loosens just so. The swollen veins in his neck shrink, his head lowers, and he finds his breath before looking over his shoulder at Hazel. The words strike him in the heart more so than in the eardrum. You have to let loose of it. It's dead weight. I am not dead weight. Hazel pops the cork on the bottle of fairy dust and makes like she's going to dump it. No. No, 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 no. Another word and our deal is off. Yes, yes, yes. I was only getting your go- He was going to say, I was only getting your goat. But he thinks better of it and just shuts his mouth. Hazel corks the bottle. Wolf releases Slurp and gives him a shove. The three of them continue walking through the goblin gully of exclusivity and privilege. After a few paces of quiet, Wolf begins to let loose of the dead weight and tell Hazel her story. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler's Gulch. Wickedness, beavers, and a muttering mumbleberry. In the meantime, shrug off your dead weight. You've carried it long enough. (laughs) 